Hey everybody, this is James Lindsay. You're listening to the New Discourses Podcast. we got to talk about the American Medical Association. So, a number of doctors talked to me recently, and they showed me the so-called American Medical Association AMA Equity Strategic Plan. The full title is the Organizational Strategic Plan to Embed Racial Justice and Advance Health Equity, uh, 2021 through 2023. The art is, as you would expect, a bunch of people who are completely faceless, who you can see their race and sex, and that's about it, uh, all over this thing. And what is health equity? Health equity is a short, the short version is that it's medical lysenkoism. So this is uh, specifically around racial justice as the vehicle to achieve health equity or to advance, not achieve, sorry, health equity, which is medical lysenkoism, which is the application of Marxist theory to a science, in particular a science that we uh, depend upon for life. It could be agriculture, that was the original Lysenko. This is medical Lysenkoism. We have our own problems in farming. This turns out to be a 86-page document, and I'm not going to read all of it. I just want to give you a taste and talk about some of the stuff. I don't want this to be super long, four hours or whatever. Um, so I will provide the document for you to go look at for yourself. It's, I've had a hard time reading it. It's infuriating to me, infuriating that the American Medical Association is publishing this or putting this out. Um, medical lysenkoism is a big problem. I don't know how much this is contributing to it. It's just one piece in a very broad puzzle of medical lysenkoism, but it will kill or maim many millions, tens of millions, maybe as many as a billion people. I think, I'm not very optimistic about it, that we will see 10 to 20 million deaths in severe iatrogenic injuries uh, as a result of what has already been implemented and embedded in medicine, particularly in the training of doctors, um, new doctors under equity programs that are not actually required to learn how to be doctors uh, or not the way that you would think, who prioritize things like the social determinants of health and other woke bullshit as opposed to prioritizing uh, medicine whose educations, even if they were completely good otherwise, have been watered down. Their time has been wasted by feeding them woke theories, even if they don't believe them. That means their education is far less efficient in creating uh, medical professionals than it used to be. Uh, but then we also have the capture of organizations like the American Medical Association, which many people take very seriously. Although, from what I understand, a lot of doctors do not. Uh, maybe that is, and maybe that's not the case. We also have, of course, not here, but the American Academy of Pediatrics or Pediatricians. I always get these mixed up. I think it's the American Academy of Pediatrics, the AAP, which is basically full blast in the aspect of medical lysenkoism, not to do with racial justice, but with trans medicine in children, which has by conservative estimates, probably already maimed 200,000 children. Uh, God only knows how much damage it's actually done. When I say maimed here, I mean that it's caused permanent damage to them one way or another through the application of puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones um, or surgeries. And I think that's a conservative estimate at this point uh, from some numbers we were talking about uh, recently that I heard at the Genspect conference from Wilfred Riley, who I encourage you to check him out if you haven't. So I'm just going to kind of go through this. There's some points that I want to make where it kind of indicates me, and I want to give you an overall summary of this. 
the point, I don't know what I want to do with this except to point out like this is really not good. I mean, I heard from an employee, I put some of this on, on Twitter and an employee of the AMA reached out to me who didn't look like he's running cover for this. He seems to be a fan of mine. And he said that these people are not well liked at the AMA. Um, and that, uh, this stuff is there and obviously they're publishing this crap and putting it on their website and tarnishing their name with it, which is a very serious thing, but that they're not particularly popular and uh, they have a lot of turnover and it's very unstable. So I don't know how influential this is, but after discussing with him, uh, the point of this primarily from their perspective seems to be embedding activists as doctors, embedding activists as healthcare professionals, public health professionals, and so on with the kind of using the AMAs, uh, reputation and apparatus to be able to advance that agenda. As we all know, personnel is very hard to fix. If you bring in bad personnel, especially somebody who identifies as happy, to, the word is diverse, but what that means is happy to weaponize civil rights law against you if they don't get their way all the time, like at 120% capacity of whatever they want. Um, those people tend to be hard to get rid of. Uh, you don't have a lot of good options, and they're activists who will cause problems. If they're doctors, they're going to hurt people. Um, this isn't in question. Their ideology comes above before everything else. The advocate, the advocacy to do no harm under woke theory would literally, because of the principles of equity, turn into redistribute harms so that there's equitable outcomes. It really would, they could say that they're trying to get rid of harms, but in practice, what's going to happen is they're going to redistribute the harms so that they have more equitable outcomes. Uh, it would, their definition of harm isn't even normal. They're definitely like, it's not harm. Their definition of harm is harm caused by systemic injustice. And that's the only legitimate harm. And therefore, when they say do no harm, they mean eliminate systemic injustices kind of no matter what the cost. This is always how these ideological takeovers or Lysenkoism of sciences work out. So when they, they can even say, and they do in this document, that their first line of business is to do no harm, well, that means to stop the harms involved with so-called systemic injustices, and it doesn't mean anything else. In other words, they'll do all the harm, the real harm, iatrogenic injury and harm, if medical failure and malpractice that they need to do in order to create a situation or a, situation or a system in which these systemic harms are taken care of. So it'll be redistribute harms in order to create equity. That's what health equity means, or in other words, medical lysenkoism. And as I said, an optimistic estimate right now, from my perspective, is 10 to 20 million serious iatrogenic injuries and or deaths if we start fixing it virtually right away, which we will not. Let run let to run its course, I would expect that medical lysenkoism will cause in on the order of um, over the next, you know, few decades, uh, one to two billion serious iatrogenic injuries or deaths um, at a minimum. And iatrogenic, if you don't know what that means, is the doctor did it. It means the medical process itself causes the injury. And so I might mention that word a lot. Okay, so it starts with a preamble. The AMA strategic plan to embed equity is a work product led by the Center for Health Equity and informed by subject matter experts internally, but also by those distinguished in this field externally. And they list them on pages 80 through 82. Who cares? Although equity in general and health equity are not new scientific fields. Well, that's funny. They're not scientific at all. 
Uh, they may seem new to many readers without previous exposure or deep engagement in this work. In other words, if you're not a communist or whatever, you probably don't know what the hell this is. That's what they're saying here. But you probably need to. They're not new scientific fields. They're really old. You're behind. you got to catch up, brother. That's the messaging that they're trying to give here, and a lot of people will fall for that. That's called mystification. This What they're peddling is, is utter horse shit. It's it, parascientific might be a word we could use, as in it's like, it's like it's like what they call a shadow text to real science. A shadow text is it was defined. Oh God, who defined it? Not Alice Bailey. Um, maybe it was Alice Bailey. No, Alice Bailey's the 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 Satanist person. Allison Bailey uh, is pretty close though. Who's this total crackpot that we used to we we used her work a lot in the Grievance Studies Affair at any rate. And so shadow text is one that the. It's a text that you produce or a set of words that you say or believe or talk about or whatever that follows along near the subject but doesn't really engage with it. Of course, Iron Law Woke Projection never misses, so what they've produced is a shadow text. Critical medicine is a shadow text on medicine. Critical nutrition is a shadow text on nutrition. Critical anything is a shadow text on that thing. In other words, it doesn't really engage with the subject. It follows along like a shadow, but it's like a demonic shadow that eventually turns into a monster and consumes you the second you kind of go around the corner and try to do something with it. So just to point that out, this isn't a, I'm already swearing. This document makes me so like irrationally angry that I don't know what to do because it's so consequential. Like it's so stupid that people fall for this. Actually, it's so frustrating that people still fall for it. And literally millions of people, tens of millions or more, will be injured or killed as a result of implementing this crap. From people, the people that are in charge of this are doctors. They're supposed to be some of the smartest and most educated and competent professionals in our society. We literally trust them with our lives and they can't get this shit right. Like, oh, yeah, equity. Oh, it's a new science. It's not a new science. And oh, I'm behind. It's a science. It's not a science, guys. It's a shadow science. It's a parascientific enterprise that is meant to colonize you from within. And that's what this actual document is about, is setting up the parameters of colonization of medicine in order to shove ideology where it doesn't belong, which will result in the deaths of millions, minimum if we start fixing it now, because we are really far into this catastrophe. I mean, we're already talking about, like I said, likely hundreds of thousands of injured young people merely as a result of the one dimension of this that goes by the brand name gender-affirming care or trans medicine, which these are, are euphemisms. They're actually oxymorons. Um, so at any rate, let's read through this preamble. As with other scholarly domains, no, 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 stop, no, 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 you are not a scholarly domain, you're a parascholarly domain, you're a fake scholarly domain, you do scholarly looking things like citations and reading other people's books, usually badly, and then writing it out in an academic format, in an academic department that never should have existed in the first place, publishing in academic journals that also shouldn't exist and only exist because of a very crooked uh, academic publishing business model that was created by Jelaine Maxwell's father, Robert. But I digress. As with other scholarly domains. So this is, again, the dialectical inversion technique. They pretend that these distinctions between a real field and a critical field 
don't matter. You're doing scholarship. We're doing scholarship. <laughs> it's all scholarship. As with other scholarly domains, the field of equity has developed a parlance, which, fuck these people. God, I'm already cussing. The field of equity has developed a parlance. So they're telling you that it has a specialized language because it's a cult. They have esoteric meanings for their words. And that's what the first whole chunk of this document's about. Many pages talking about how they misuse words on purpose. They don't say it quite like that, but that's what it is. As with other scholarly domains, false, the field of equity uh, has developed a parlance which conveys both authenticity, precision, and meaning. Okay, first of all, those are three things, not both. Both authenticity, precision, and meaning? No, all of. God, these people are supposed to be telling doctors how to freaking reorganize medicine? Both? It's the first sentence, guys. The first sentence, like really. But no, it doesn't convey authenticity, but especially precision or actually meaning. It does not. But what they're telling you is that their esoteric meanings for their words do mean something, that this is not gobbledygook. They're not just writing down jargon. The jargon is operational. Every woke word conceals an agenda. I've said that many times. Just as the general parlance of a business document varies from that of a physics document, so too is the case for an equity document. So yet again, the dialectical inversion. Business documents use specialized language. Physics documents use specialized language. But the thing is, is those documents use language that's very clear in what it means. An equity document uses specialized language, so it's the same, right? No, it's not the same. It's actually different because the words that they use are mostly everyday words that are repurposed to mean something specialist when put into application by the activists. It's an esoteric cult meaning. Consequently, they say, as one would expect, the parlance of equity is manifest in this plan. In other words, they're telling you this document is filled with coded language. That if you can't read communist speak, if you don't read woke, you will not understand what you're reading here. And you'll go along with it because you've been mystified by it. One example of this, they say, is the use of the invocation-like recognition of, quote, land and labor acknowledgement as exemplified by the italicized statement that appears on the next page. Invocation-like. They're also admitting that it's a cult religion. It's not invocation-like. It is an invocation. It's woke church to do that stupid Land acknowledgement, which has a purpose. It's operational. The purpose is to get people to continually admit until they believe that they occupy stolen land, which is something very much different than occupying land they feel like they have a uh, property right to, that they've purchased or earned in some other way. It is common that discussions in the field of equity begin with the recognition that our current state was built on the land and labors of others in ways that violated the fundamental principles of equity. Well, who gives a shit about the fundamental principles of equity? The fundamental principle of equity is the redistribution of wealth. That's literally the definition. The definition of equity is an administered, so there's your bureaucracy, an administered economy in which shares are adjusted so citizens are made equal. Who gives a rat's ass if we got our land and labor by means that don't stand up to communism? We don't want communism. But let me just pull you back to reality. Did you forget that we're talking about an American Medical Association document because they haven't talked about anything remotely like that yet? All they're doing is pimping their own uh, cult religion.
This could be the book uh, by Sensoy and D'Angelo, Is Everyone Really Equal, imported into medicine, the, the one that actually was the book that opened my eyes in the first place. Uh, I think originally we were talking about it, me and Neil Shenvey, actually, a Christian critic of some of this stuff, we're talking about it as the, the, the he gave the, the terminology, is it's the dead body poisoning the well. And I read the book, and that's how I find it was like the the codex that allowed me to actually read woke literature in the first place. This is the same document, basically. It says another distinction of the equity field, communism, okay, which is essentially an ex, which essentially is an extension of this land and labor acknowledgement is to initiate discussion with recognition of the specific harms of the past, including those of the more recent past, termed quote truth and reconciliation. All right, so now we know what this is all about. The logic, of course, is that the quest, truth and reconciliation in medicine, guys, it's going to be great. That's medical lysenkoism coming right down the pike. How is it going to be truth? I don't know. How is it going to be reconciliation with woke theory? It's medical lysenkoism. Expect millions of people to die from this. The logic, of course, is that the quest for equity requires reconciliation of past harms. So that's reparations in medicine, apparently. But such reconciliation would be impossible without knowing the truths of the past in the cleanest, uh, clearest of terms. In other words, Marxist mystification on historical facts. A large part of this document that I'm actually not going to read is a historical critique, what you might call a critical historiography of the history of the AMA and medicine itself and how it produced inequities. So it's a large critical analysis of the past in order to, to make people feel guilty and mystified into thinking they have a moral imperative to uh, adopt equity to fix the problem, which is utterly a catastrophe. Because equity put into practice, what it really means is redistributing power and opportunities to the to the grifters and uh, communists who want to run the run the world, which of course will run the world into a blender and millions of people will die. So when they say the truths of the past in clearest possible terms or whatever, what that means is like honest history is CRT, which means it's a Marxist analysis of of the history of, in this case, medicine and the American Medical Association. Nobody should read this. Like it's literally what would have been called in the old days a grimoire, a spell book. It puts you under a spell. Nobody should read this. The, no doctor, nobody, no professional should read this and, and consider it. If you can't read the esoteric language and understand what it means, you should not read this. You're, you're going to get your brain poisoned by it. it says, for these reasons, and this is what the preamble or whatever it's calling it, that's what this is about. They're telling you that this is what this document is. For these reasons, as reflected in this outline, the plan is prefaced first by a background slash history section. Actually, it's like three quarters of the document. And then by a section outlining considerations and methods applicable to achieving equity. Like three quarters of the document is explaining the woke cult followed by a critical historiography of medicine and the AMA, which I'm going to read some of the woke cult stuff, but I'm not going to read the history stuff because it's going to get way too long. Vision for equity and justice in medicine. It starts with the land and labor acknowledgement, like they said. This is supposed to be invocation-like, which is, I guess, distinct from an invocation. We acknowledge that we are all living off the taken ancestral lands of indigenous peoples for thousands of years. We acknowledge the extraction of brilliance, energy, and life for labor forced upon people of African descent for more than 400 years. We celebrate the resilience and strength that all indigenous people and descendants of Africa have shown this country and worldwide. We carry our ancestors in us, and we are continually called to be better as we lead this work. 
It doesn't say amen and nay women, but it should. It says in big, giant, bold print, we are all born equal. Health is our human right. Every time you see this in a woke document, it just calls into question the very concept of human rights. Um, that's another topic for another day. Our AMA's Center for Health Equity imagines, of course it imagines, because imagination is primary, because it's a romantic, Gnostic religion. It's a world in which, just like with the trans phenomenon, the mind, which is conflated with the, the spiritual realm as it plays out, particularly in the social, the mind is put ahead of anything else. So we imagine a new way of life. We can't actually articulate a new way of life because the critical theory says that it's not possible to articulate a utopia because it literally means nowhere. It doesn't exist. But what we can do is use critique to criticize those parts of the society that we actually have that we don't like. So we can imagine a world without, it's a negative theology in a sense, a negative cult theology. We can imagine a world without all the problems that they are able to detect using their magical critical theory detectors and that they're able to denounce in order to, as Frady put it, to announce the possibility of a new world. So our AMA Center for Health Equity imagines a new way forward for the American Medical Association and U.S. healthcare that values people equally and treats them equitably. Well, that's contradictory, bitches. You can't do that. You can't value people equally, equally and treat them equitably. The definition of equity requires discriminating, which means that some people are considered more valuable than others. You have to discriminate for certain people and against everybody else. The only remedy to Racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. Ibram Kendi instructed us before he got caught giving away the game and changed it in his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. That is treating people equitably. That's the purpose of being an anti-racist is to achieve equity. That is treating people equitably. You can't value people equally and treat people equitably. It's not possible. That's why we have an equal protection clause in the 14th Amendment, and we do not have an equitable protection clause in the 14th Amendment. You have to value the historically marginalized, historically oppressed, historically underrepresented, whatever it is, more than you value the privileged, the bourgeois, or whatever the other side is. You have to. It is not possible to value people equally. That's a lie. That's a sales pitch and that treats them equitably. It's not possible to do those at the same time. This is fraud. <clears throat> we envision a nation in which all people live in thriving communities. Yeah, that's great. Okay, cool. You can envision a lot of things. Where resources work well. Well, you better not manage them then, commies. Systems are equitable and create no harm, nor exacerbate existing harms. Okay, Utopia. You're, you envision a fantasy land, but the, you can't envision it in the positive. You can only envision it through the negative of destroying that which it already exists. We, are, we, we know this. We understand critical theory now. But here's the next point where everyone has the power. Oh, yeah. Like everybody has the power. Like it's in the hands of all the people. And so it's like a people's democratic dictatorship, right? Where Everyone has the power, conditions, resources, and opportunities to achieve optimal health, and all physicians, not just the white ones, that's what all means in woke documents, it means redistribution, 
all physicians are equipped with the consciousness. The first thing they need is wokeness. The first thing they need is to be a cult member. And all physicians are equipped with the consciousness, tools, and resources to confront inequities. To do medicine? No. 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 Skills? No. Not there. Techniques? Technologies? No. All physicians are equipped with the consciousness, tools, and resources to confront inequities and dismantle white supremacy, racism, and other forms of exclusion and structured oppression. There's not even a mention of the practice of medicine there, as well as to embed racial justice and advance equity within and across all aspects of health systems. They don't envision a system where physicians can do medicine. They envision a system where physicians can advance the cult. Guess what that means? Millions of dead people at the hands of incompetent doctors who are ideological apparatchiks instead of actual medical professionals. That's what this document is about. This is your strategic plan from the American Medical Association, in case you forgot who's giving you this. In bold, a whole paragraph in bold, so you know it's a big deal, our bold and necessary path forward, necessary. According to who? You, crazy people seeks to pivot from ambivalence to urgent action. I thought urgency was a facet of white supremacy culture. Oh, well, it turns out that they're very urgent, but they said that so that we won't be able to call them out. From euphemisms to explicit conversations about what do they want to talk about? What are medicine, health care, public health, maybe that's pretty dark. No, from euphemisms, that's apparently what we already do, as opposed to their literal envisioning of a utopia, and misused words where they use a good-sounding word like gender-affirming care to mean the mutilation of children, from euphemisms to explicit conversations, what do they want to talk about? About power. Of course. Of course. Racism, gender, and class oppression, forms of discrimination and exclusion, from passive to specific action. Oh, so there we go. Direct action, communist. Supported by resource redistribution. Derp socialism, and infrastructure change. In other words, handing over the power to socialists to, to run the whole thing into the ground and kill people. From rationalization and good intentions, literally you're describing a fucking utopia, people, to a comprehensive analysis of structures, systems, policies, and practices leading to real improvements and impact. And from Lack of accountability to an active embrace of equity as a core mission and strategy. So accountability like what? Like malpractice? Like when you, you know, say abuse children by putting them through gender-affirming care? No, no accountability like that. That's not what they want. They want accountability as to whether or not you're advancing an active embrace of equity as your core mission and strategy. In other words, there's going to be accountability as to whether or not you're in the cult. These people are fucking psychopaths. This is the American Medical Association. In recognizing AMA's past and present power and influence in medicine and health, we commit to accountability. Accountability to what? Of what? What did they commit to the accountability for? Better medicine? No, toward the goal of eliminating inequities. In other words, installing socialism. Systematic, preventable, and unjust differences in health for patients, families, providers, and communities. See, their their target is to eliminate differences. To eliminate differences. Not to eliminate harms, to eliminate differences in harms. So do no harm becomes redistribute harm to achieve equitable outcomes. Do you see that? 
Their goal is to eliminate inequities. And there will be accountability on eliminating inequities. It is not about doing less harm. It is about making sure harm is done fairly. It says, as well as tracking the root causes for these differences and preventing new and further harm. That's how we know that harm is only defined in terms of the so-called root causes, which are the the systemic power dynamics like racism, white supremacy, and so on, that they've already said you have to pledge to fighting as a doctor. Our plan's release comes admits the worst pandemic of our lifetime. Yeah, there's the religious invocation of the freaking COVID-19 with everything, right? A divisive presidential election. One, Yeah, right. Okay, so this is <laughs> Trump, Trump versus Biden. <laughs> yeah. Punctuated by its violent aftermath. Uh, so I guess that's J6. You see, we're, we're, invo- we're invoking the magic rituals that are supposed to move the leftist ball here by sh- triggering the horror of the good professional people who can't be allowed to think the wrong thoughts about those things. So our plans release comes amidst the worst pandemic of our lifetime, a vi- divisive presidential election. Trump bad, Trump bad, Trump bad, punctuated by its violent aftermath on J6, the worst day in the history since Pearl Harbor and the volcano exploded in the South Pacific or something. A year of sustained protests in response to police brutality that was on fabricated data as it turns out the guy got fired and the exposure to the historical harm imposed upon capital B black people for generations, escalating hate crimes toward Asian communities, mostly by black people being let out of prison and having no consequences because the police won't police them anymore because of the other thing. But it's Stop AAPI hate. That's the narrative for dumb, uninformed, ignorant fools who they can manipulate with their mystifications. Deliberate and ongoing family separation at the U.S. border under zero tolerance policy causing irreparable harm to children. They don't bother mentioning that the border could just be closed and none of that would happen. But no, it's not their policy that causes the problem. It's the externalities of their horrific policies that cause the problem so that they can advance the revolution. See, um, the the crisis at the border did not take place. The crisis at the border is not the issue. The issue is how they can use that to advance even more open border. Um, persistent gun violence, of course, because you got to get people clutching at their heartstrings. That's a public health threat. And most recently, in the aftermath of our own journal's egregious harmful error and failure in posting a podcast denying structural racism. Holy shit, do you remember that? That's so funny. That's one of their things. Oh my God, our own organization posted a podcast denying structural racism that keeps old wounds open while new ones form. These people are psychopaths. And so that's meant, by the way, the purpose of that idiotic paragraph is to manipulate people into believing that there's a gigantic moral imperative to believe all this shit that they've written in their stupid coded language that they expect people won't understand, but that sounds really good. They don't use euphemisms, though, right? They're getting to the real business, unlike their, the people who are right now actually just talking about medicine, who apparently by talking about actual medicine instead of inequities and differences are actually somehow using euphemisms. Inequities, they say, are not new, but these events do elucidate the consequences of individual and systematic injustice in our country. They expose the symptoms of structural racism, such as neglect. You remember this is an American Medical Association document? Like, it's kind of not talking about anything like that, right? No, of course not. They expose the symptoms of structural racism, such as neglect and divest, uh, disinvestment in capital B, Black, capital I, Indigenous, and capital L, Latinx. There's no such thing as Latinx. Neighborhoods, 
forced residential overcrowding, stolen opportunities to build wealth, segregated and inequitable health care systems, and chronic over-policing and police brutality, most of which were fictions, some of which are iron law of woke projection, all of which they say have continued to cause harm to emotional, mental, and physical well-being across generations and are reconfirming America's stronghold of false notions of hierarchy of value based on gender, skin color, religion, ability, and country of origin, as well as other forms of privilege. That is one hell of a long sentence. They got the whole kitchen sink in there. The resulting inequities are perpetuated and magnified by defaulting to color and identity evasive actions and policies. This is woke psychopathy written down in the American Medical Association equity plan that I'm sure they're going to try to implement because if you tell these people no, it's a civil rights lawsuit on your hands. Equity is not a zero-sum reality that continues to create a set of winners and losers in health. Well, the iron law of woke projection tells us that's exactly what it is. And the winners are the people who are from historically marginalized groups, and the losers are everybody else. But in reality, the losers are virtually everybody. This direction forward requires us to gain the knowledge, skills, and behaviors that align with anti-oppressive and anti-racist praxis. At some point, maybe doctors will be allowed to do medicine, but first they have to do Ibram Kendi and Robin D'Angelo bullshit. We must develop a critical consciousness. Could it be more fucking explicit that this is Marxist? So doctors and healthcare professionals need to develop a critical consciousness that seeks truth. Well, that's a that doesn't exist. Critical consciousness literally blends truth and a lie. It literally can't seek truth. It by definition fails to seek truth. So, but we must develop a critical consciousness that seeks truth and acknowledges the historical realities that powerful organizations and structures rooted in white patriarchy and affluent supremacy such as the American Medical Association have both intentionally and unintentionally made invisible. So they mentioned that it's happening at the AMA because they have to turn the thumbscrews on the doctors affiliated with the AMA and the AMA professionals themselves. This is called institutional capture. Achieving optimally equitable solutions, which, uh (laughs) uh-oh, that means they're not going to work, requires disruption and dismantling. Equity equals disrupt plus dismantle. That's what the... uh, what the, I don't remember which legislative committee in the state of Washington it was that Benjamin Boyce exposed it's like three or four years ago. They, they literally said the definition of equity is, is disrupt plus dismantle, but they can't write it that way because it'll kind of give it away. So they have to figure out this feel-good um, paragraph of bromides to define equity so that they never actually define it. But it says achieving optimal optimally equitable solutions requires disruption and dismantling of existing norms. So blowing up the existing system, which is going to cause a lot of people to die. Collective advocacy. Oh, great. And action across sectors and disciplines. Now we go to bold. To move forward, we must prioritize and integrate the voices and ideas of peoples and communities experiencing great injustice and historically excluded, exploited, and deprived of needed resources such as people of color, women, people with disabilities, LGBTQ+, and those in rural and urban communities alike. In other words, we must include, it says, prioritize and integrate the voices and ideas of people and communities experiencing great injustice. In other words, we have to include radicalized activists. 
equity-centered solutions include and are not limited to. So you got to always have an open checkbook. A blank check has to be written to yourself in order to put this so that when if you were to meet even as most of or all of their so-called demands, they would say you didn't do enough. So they include but are not limited to ending segregated health care that is reinforced by payer exclusion, establishing national health care equity and racial justice standards, benchmarks, incentives, and metrics. Okay, so racially prioritized medicine. End the use of race-based clinical decision models, including calculators. That's probably um, going to kill black people who have or somebody, whichever number, they're going to pick a set of numbers that doesn't apply to everybody because the people turn out to be genetically different. Ensuring that augmented intelligence, AI, is free from harmful biased algorithms. That means they're going to try to control AI and make it woke. Eliminating all forms of discrimination, exclusion, and oppression in medical and physician education, training, hiring, matriculation, and promotion supported by mandatory anti-racism, structural competency, and equity-explicit training and competencies for all trainees and staff, and publicly reported equity assessments for medical schools and hospitals. So in other words, they're going to make sure that all of the medical facilities have commissars making sure that they're implementing DEI, and simultaneously medical education is going to become even more woke than it already is under mandatory anti-racism, structural competency, and equity-explicit training and competencies which means lots of time at the very minimum, lots of time taken away from teaching medicine. Everybody I've ever talked to went to med school said it's like really hard, really demanding, kind of full on. But now we're going to somehow either squeeze in or replace actual medical training with mandatory anti-racism, structural competency, and equity explicit training and competencies for all trainees and staff. So medical school is going to get worse. And that's only if what they were teaching them is a waste of time. They're not. They're teaching them operational activism that will destroy people's lives. So tens of millions of people will die. We're going to have a generation of doctors that are nincompoops. We're going to lose lots of institutional knowledge as the, genera- as the current generation ages out and retires, starts dying off, and so on. They're going to have a bunch of idiots who never got a proper medical education. This gigantic gap in institutional knowledge has ripple effects that run down. It can take over 100 years to fix to just to get back to baseline from the damage that this will do. So the competence that we're producing in medical professionals before this woke implementation, it might take us a century to get back to that if we implement this due to just the loss of competence that they're going to install through this crap. This isn't like a fucking joke. You can't just turn this off. These people will go on to become physicians. Some of them will go on to become medical uh, medical professor, professors in medical schools and people who train other doctors and this ignorance and activism and misplaced attention and resources will trickle down through time and it will take a very long time. I don't know if it's a century, but it could. There were other domains like farming in Ukraine to get back up to the productivity level before Stalin destroyed everything it took virtually a cent- very nearly a century just to get back to zero. It went so far negative, it took almost a century because they lost all their good farmers who knew how to farm that particular land. This is going to happen in medicine. It means medicine in the West and really throughout the world is going to take a nosedive in quality and it won't recover probably this century, at least not this half century. For 50 years, we can expect, which is the expected lifespan of most of us, seriously uh, risky medical care as this goes forward.
like I said, tens of millions of people will die from medical isenchoism if we stop doing it right now. You have no idea how how risky that. And the institute, like we are not quite off the institutional knowledge cliff, but we're getting close. Preventing exclusion of and ensuring just representation of capital B Black, capital I Indigenous, and capital L Latinx people in medical school admissions, as well as medical school and hospital leadership ranks. So in other words, entryism. We're going to install commissars into medical school admissions, so in medical schools, as well as medical school and hospital leadership ranks. So the main purpose of this document is kind of revealed here. This is the main operational thing that'll happen, is it's going to be the embedding of woke activists, communists, throughout virtually every aspect of medical practice. They will be very hard to get out. Ensuring equity and innovation, including design development, implementation, and dissemination, along with supporting equitable innovation opportunities and entrepreneurship, that means grift. means tilting the, the money wheel and professional development wheels or advancement wheels toward people that buy into the woke shit and away from others. That's what that means, which will mean that you're giving these monies and opportunities to the wrong people. In fact, the worst people who could possibly get them. Look at what happened to Ibram Kennedy and the $30 million Boston you gave him. Um, complete catastrophe. Just expect that all throughout medicine, massive amounts of wasted money. So you can expect the cost of medicine to go up while the quality of medicine goes down. In fact, becomes positively dangerous. Um, I would recommend getting your health under control now, <laughs> frankly. Uh, solidifying connections and coordination between healthcare and public health. Well, there's that. Uh, you know, that's its whole own can of worms. Public health is really a uh, a totalitarian discipline. It's not real. It's it's that's a whole other thing. Acknowledging repairing past harms committed by institutions. Oh, so reparations. Okay, great. This strategic plan outlines our vision and conviction to become a sustainably diverse, multicultural, anti-racist organization, in other words, communist, that advances equity and justice, in other words, communism, contributes to improving outcomes and quality in healthcare. unlikely, um, just not going to happen, you don't have the skills, I'm sorry, and closes historical and contemporary inequities in health, in other words, um, First, reparations, and second, closing inequities means closing differences, which means redistributing harm. Um, first, redistribute harm. That'll be the new motto in medicine. This plan represents one step in a much longer journey that reorients our American Medical Association and healthcare around equity, which is, once again, an administered economy which shares our justice so that citizens are made equal. Finally, we must operate with the urgency of now, oppression, Exclusion and racism harm and kill, sapping our society of its full potential in all corners, and especially in health. In bold, we cannot do this alone. We welcome others to join us, as we will join you. Communist cult. Okay. And then there's a quote from Grace Lee Boggs, human rights leader, activist, and daughter of Chinese immigrants, seeds of change, probably a communist. These are the times to grow our souls. Each of us is called to embrace the conviction that despite the powers and principalities bent on commodifying our all our human relationships, we have the power within us to create the world anew. So either a communist or a communist defector that they have actually um, uh, co-opted. So the executive summary of this thing. The American Medical Association is the nation's largest professional association of physicians. We are a unifying voice, and we are not with this shit, you're not. 
And we are a physician's powerful ally in patient care. No, not for long, not given this. Um, actually, every physician should drop you because you published this. Every physician, every PA, every medical professional should get as far away from the medical uh, American Medical Association as possible until they retract all of this crap. I'm telling you, tens of millions of people will die as a result of this. Uh, not this particular document, this this movement in which this document is embedded. You should get as far away from that as you possibly can. Get as far away from the AMA as you possibly can. Fulfilling our AMA's mission to all bold to promote the art and science of medicine and the betterment of public health bold is over, requires an unwavering commitment to equity. No, it actually doesn't. It does. It requires exactly the opposite. In a comprehensive strategy for embedding racial and social justice within our organization and domains of influence. So there, there you go. The AMA is going to embed racial and social justice with the point being equity within everything in medicine that it has influence over. Advancing health equity through our AMA's efforts entails a dedicated, coordinated, and honest approach. Well, you're not going to, you might get dedicated and coordinated, but you're not going to get honest. From what I hear, this department has so much turnover, it's probably not very dedicated or coordinated either. It's just kind of monomaniacal and zealot because it's a cult. It recognizes the harmful effects of our past and targets the systemic inequities in our healthcare system and other social institutions. It's so boring to read this again. It's unbelievable any institution's publishing this crap and it's copy pasta at this point. And it charts a path toward a more promising and equitable future for all. Well, there's no such thing as more promising, equitable future. That's utopian talk. There is a more promising future, or there's a more equitable future because equity equalizes downward. So it will not be more promising. If we have equity, it will be much less promising for all. But for all, once again, just to remind you, means redistribution. So what we're going to do is some people already have a very promising and equi- or promising future, and we're going to make sure that there's less of that for them so that more people can have a more promising future because that will be equitable. In other words, redistribution of opportunities that will directly cause harm. Redistribute harm. Not do no harm, redistribute harm. This is the AMA's first strategic plan dedicated to embedding racial justice and advancing health equity. It should be the last one, and it should go straight in the freaking garbage. It should be deleted. They should actually own up to it and repent. But that being unlikely, maybe they should just pretend it never happened and hide it and move away from it as fast as possible. The origins of the strategic plan date back to the AMA's annual House of Delegates meeting in June 2018. In this meeting, the time-limited health equity task force appointed by the chair of the AMA Board of Trustees presented to the AMA House of Delegates Board Report 33A18, a quote, plan for continued progress toward health equity. The report included a definition for, quote, health equity. An initial framework that outlined the AMA's roles in addressing inequities in healthcare, as well as a recommendation, quote, to develop an organizational unit, e.g., in a center or its equivalent, to initiate, facilitate, coordinate, and track AMA health equity activities. In other words, a commissari- commissariat, a, 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 a communist uh, bureaucracy. The report, the report and its recommendations were adopted as AMA policy because the people who were at the meeting are morons. They are morons. They got mystified. They got schooled. They got messed up, and they screwed up big time. Tens of millions of people will die. Good job, guys. 
In April of 2019, the AMA launched the AMA Center for Health Equity with the hiring of its first chief health equity officer. The AMA Center for Health Equity is charged with identifying ways to dismantle racism in our healthcare system, as well as facilitating, strengthening, and amplifying the AMA's work to eliminate health equities rooted in historical and contemporary injustices and discrimination. Just remind you, the definition of equity requires discrimination. So they're not really against that. With the input of many, both inside and outside of the AMA, this strategic plan serves as a three-year roadmap to plant the initial seeds for action and accountability to embed racial justice and advance health equity for all of our years to come. We will initiate and aggressively push toward the following five strategic approaches. One, embed racial and social justice throughout the American Medical Association enterprise, culture, systems, policies, and practices. That will include building the AMA's capacity to understand and operationalize anti-racism equity strategies via training and tool development, ensure equitable structures, processes, and accountability in the AMA's workforce, contracts, and budgeting, communications, and publishing. In other words, building a vast bureaucracy in order to make sure that the cult's logic is put into everything, including personnel. Integrate trauma-informed lens and approaches when developing and implementing policies and practices. Trauma-informed means that they're using a lever to make you care about something that's mostly bogus. Assess organizational change, culture, policy, process over time. Assess organizational change, right? So they're going to make sure that they actually are transforming the culture systems, policy, and practices of the American Medical Association to become increasingly in line with the cult. That's why when the guy advised me that this is small and people don't really like them, it's still there and the cancer spreads. This is a metastatic cancer hiding inside the American Medical Association. Do all you want to try to contain it. I'm telling you, you better get rid of it. Two, build alliances and share power with historically marginalized and minoritized physicians and other stakeholders. Lots of good language there. Now, they have an asterisk here on minoritized to explain it. So this is why this is where I started to realize this is Sensoy and D'Angelo all over again. Minoritized groups are those that belong to a group or population that has been historically considered a minority by what they are not and the lack of some characteristics by those in the dominant category. This definition, as opposed to minority, emphasizes the process of minoritizing others relative to these socially defined criteria that oppressed uh, that oppresses groups based on a given social standing, like race, ethnicity, immigration status, primary language, amongst others. As a similar marginalized groups are those that have been traditionally underserved and excluded. Marginalization occurs through a process of social, economic, and educational deprivation through intentional disinvestment and exclusion of members of a particular group relative to socially defined criteria and conditions such as age, gender, sexual orientation, disability. Groups can be both minoritized and marginalized based on different circumstances, and individuals may belong to more than one of these groups and be multiply multiply minoritized and or marginalized. Okay, so what they're saying is that there are a set, if we might use Marx's language for it, that there's a set of historical processes that would define the classes that they're in, and some of these have been oppressed and exploited and alienated from their true selves by the process of more minoritization and marginalization, blah, blah, blah. That's literally just what they're saying is this is Marxist. So they're building alliances to share power with historically marginalized and minoritized physicians and other stakeholders, let me remind you, historically marginalized and minoritized is permanent. That is, that they've taken a snapshot in time, 
This is who it is. These are the groups that have been in the past minoritized or marginalized, and that doesn't change because historically it's always true. Got it? Historical is also, though, by the set of processes as Marxist analysis understand them. It's very important to understand what they mean by these words. Like I told you before, if you don't understand the esoteric language, do not read these spellbooks. Says, how will they do this? Develop structures and processes to consistently center the experiences and ideas of historically marginalized and minoritized physicians. Those include women, LGBTQ+, people with disabilities, international medical graduates, black, indigenous, Latinx, Asian, and other people of colors. They will also establish a coalition of multidisciplinary, multi-sectoral equity experts, commissars, in healthcare and public health to collectively advocate for justice in health. Three, push upstream to address all determinants of health and the root causes of inequities. How? Strengthen physicians' knowledge of public health and structural social drivers of health and inequities, in other words, medical lysenkoism. Empower physicians and health systems to dismantle structural racism and intersecting systems of oppression. So you're not treating disease anymore. You're really going to treat the whole social environment that they're in. It's medical lysenkoism. You're going to do communist theory with your patients instead of helping them deal with their diseases and injuries. And finally, equip physicians and health systems to improve services, technology, partnership, and payment models that advance public health and health equity. Not the other ones, though. Four, so it's the grift. Four, ensure equitable structures and opportunities in innovation. There's more grift. How? Embed racial justice and health equity within existing AMA healthcare innovation efforts. So in other words, create grant opportunities for people that are doing uh, this parascientific critical racial justice bullshit alongside medicine. Uh, equip the healthcare innovation sector to advance equity and justice. Center, integrate, and amplify historically marginalized and black, indigenous, Latinx, and people of color who are healthcare investors and innovators. See, I told you it's about grift. And finally, engage in cross-sector collaboration and advocacy efforts. I'm willing to bet that cross-sector means with um, people who are in these uh, sociological Gnostic, the social Gnostic uh, disciplines like something-something studies, critical race theory, and gender studies, and so on. Five, Foster pathways for truth, racial healing, reconciliation, and transformation for the AMA's past. In other words, you were bad in the past, so therefore you're going to give us all the power now, and we're going to use it to uh, get what we want. How? Amplify and integrate the often invisibilized narratives of historically marginalized physicians and patients and all that we do. Standard tactic. Quantify the effects of AMA policy and process decisions that excluded, discriminated, and harmed. So calculate reparations, then repair and cultivate a healing journey for those harms. So reparations and handing over a lot of power. It says, we will have a great focus on embedding racial justice and equity across the American Medical Association's other strategic arcs of removing obstacles to patient care, preventing chronic disease, confronting the nation's greatest public health crises, and ensuring optimal health for all, for all means redistribution. As a national leader in healthcare, hopefully not after this, frankly, it is incumbent on us to lean into our influence and play a more prominent role in the current national reckoning on our equity and justice, both by using our existing assets, relationship, training platform, program, advocacy, communication, and marketing infrastructure, and creating new assets as levers for change. They don't want to create 
anything or take what there is to do something productive with it. It's all to make levers for change. This is what I've said repeatedly. Communism doesn't know how. What does communism know how to do? It knows how to seize the means of production and use them as levers for change. In other words, to install more communism. That's all it knows how to do. That's what it's saying. We're going to seize the assets, the existing assets, of the AMA, Relationships Training Platforms Program, Advocacy, Communication, and Marketing Infrastructure in order to create levers for change. See that? That's what that's really about. In other words, they're going to repurpose the entire infrastructure of the AMA and everything that it reaches into in order to do communist indoctrination and implementation. That's literally what it says if you know how to read what it says. It is essential that we also simultaneously maintain a level of awareness and responsiveness when harmful emerging issues arise that can impede the AMA's progression to advance health equity across our AMA enterprise. See, so if anything might get in the way of this, we should shed our pants and put a lot of resources into it that we've stolen, stolen resources, because these people shouldn't be there in the first place. Lastly, measuring transformation for equity and justice is complex and nascent. Our measurement of success and uh, impact will employ standard and emerging quantitative and qualitative tools as well as give space and grace to embrace that all things cannot be and should not be measured. In other words, they're just going to create a bunch of measurement tools that justify whatever the hell they're doing. It's like how they do with SEL. They gather the data from the kids. They pass the data through the equity filter. Then they find out that there's not that much equity. So they say we need more SEL. In other words, that's what they're saying here. Again, if you know how to read what you're reading, they're going to literally measure their success in terms of passing it through their filters for whatever justifies implementing more of their crap. And then stuff that uh, makes them look bad, we should have the space and grace to embrace that all things cannot be and should not be measured. Right? You know, like all the damage that's happening by letting people come across the border that they mentioned earlier. So grace and space. Don't measure that. That would be bad. Fucking communists. God. Getting to equity and justice, they say, necessitates a sense of urgency and ambition. They bring that up again. This is not just the work of the Center for Health Equity. Rather, it is a responsibility of all of AMA leadership and stakeholders in collaboration with many others. See, it's not just these stupid activists. As a matter of fact, everybody has to take it up or else they're somehow really bad people. Not just everybody that works at the AMA, but also many others. Everybody has to support communism for communism to work. That's rule number one about communism. They say, we understand that organizational cultural change work at times is unpredictable and may require unexpected pivots and our outlined approaches. In other words, they're making it up as they go. And as long as they stay in power, it doesn't really matter what they do. Uh... Sorry, may require unexpected pivots in our outlined approaches, actions, and accountability along the way. I stopped at a comma where I shouldn't have stopped. Even with the pivots, our focus must consistently understand the impact of our decisions in terms of communism. Ensure that we show up cognizant of our power and assume with great responsibility and humility to listen, learn, and act and remember our fundamentally res fundamental responsibility to do no harm. But remember that when they say that they're going to have the humility to listen, learn, and act, they don't mean to their own mistakes, their past mistakes, but what they actually mean is to the people who are advocating for equity. And when they say they have a fundamental responsibility to do no harm, what they mean is that they have a fundamental responsibility to do no harm through systemic power. 
which is the only kind of harm that counts. Remember, they're actually working on, on redistributing harm because what they have to do is reduce the differences. That's what they said. It's going to reduce the differences. They say, we see tremendous opportunities in our present history for alignment and change in medicine and our country to name, embed, and advance racial and social justice. You're reading Trofim Lysenko outlining how to do medicine in 2021 through 2023 at the American Medical Association right here. This is what you're hearing. Therefore, capitalizing on these, quote, open doors in medicine and government is imperative at this moment. History tells us that windows of opportunity for structural, institutional, and systemic change for racial justice close as political pendulums swing. In other words, they know they've done pissed everybody off, and they better implement a lot of stuff that's hard to undo while people will let them. Thus, the people that adopted this stuff really screwed up. Since the doors right now are open, we all, not just historically marginalized physicians, must push as fast and as far as we can. In other words, their goal is to embed as much medical Lysenkoism under the brand name of health equity as they possibly can into medicine in every aspect of culture and structure and in, in, in personnel, students, education, as they possibly can while they have the chance, knowing they're getting that chance taken away from them as soon as people wake up. They then offer a quote from Montague, Montague uh, Cobb, sorry, MD, former president of the National Medical Association and founding editor of the Journal of the National Medical Association. The generation to which the present writer belongs may be likened to the offensive linemen on a football team. They have to get rugged, tough, and determined. They get banged and battered. Their job is to make holes for the fast backs to run through. If the backs are not there, the holes close up. Even when the backs are there, they have to fight their way for all yardage gained. So it is for young, capital B, black physicians today. So you get the idea. Section one. Oh, I told you we didn't, we're not getting very far in this. Background and history. Now, I do actually want to talk about this part, and I'm going to do a lot of skipping. So don't fret. Getting on the same page, an equity primer, understanding that we all come to equity and justice with potentially different life experiences and levels of understanding, another invocation, I think, of the existing historical context, evidence, theory, and practice, Marxism. This section grounds our members and readers in common definitions, concepts, and frameworks. That right there, by the way, was a key. That right there, it's literally called a key. In an esoteric writing, they give you a key. They tell you how you're supposed to understand stuff. So when they said existing historical context, evidence, theory, and practice, they said, by the way, you need to read this as a Marxist. That's literally what they're telling you, but you have to know how to read it. This primer, they say, is not exhaustive, but rather more of an introduction. In other words, they have an open door to continue putting as much more bullshit as they can get away with as they go. Their work is never done because you're never going to get to communism. We recognize, they say, that there are other useful and valid ways to explain the concepts that follow and that language evolves over time. That's seriously suspect. But they're telling you that they've changed the way words mean and that they'll change the way words mean more later if they need to. We encourage further investigation, engagement, and reflection to expand one's knowledge. That's another reminder investigation, engagement, and reflection that you're ultimately dealing with a dialectical process, whether it's Hegel or Marx doesn't really matter. A process of transformation and change, not actually figuring out how to freaking do stuff or save lives or do medicine well, treat patients, nothing. It's change. It's all about change, change, change. So equality, equity, and justice definitions. And this is the part that I wanted to read from the definitions because it vindicates the hell out of me, frankly. 
while we philosophically have intrinsic and, quote, equal value, resulting from our shared humanity, it is the lottery of birth that arbitrarily defines the conditions, environments, and opportunities that largely shape our life experiences and outcomes. So what they're saying is, and it's in scare quotes, that, yeah, we're all equal, but no, we're not. And the reason we're not is because of systems of power. In fact, they say, we operate in a carefully designed and maintained system. There's your demiurge controlling everything that normalizes and legitimizes an array of dynamics. It's so complicated, only these people can understand it. Historical, cultural, institutional, and interpersonal. Over time, that routinely advantage white, also wealthy, hetero, able-bodied, male, Christian, U.S.-born people at the expense of black, Latinx, indigenous people of color, also low wealth, women, people with disabilities, non-Christians, and those foreign-born, and that is currently reinforced by the policies that are blind to power, political and financial imbalances and realities. They're blind to the power imbalances and the realities of systemic power that only they and the cult can see because they have the secret gnosis that tells them what it means. So here they define equality, equity, and justice. And it's exactly what you think it's going to be. What I've said in the past is that they hate equality because it's a conspiracy theory that people are equal that will then keep them from doing the activism for equity. And then they... So equality is false equality. Equity is better equality that arrives through the redistribution of shares and opportunities. And justice is the equivalent. If equity is like socialism, justice is like communism. It's when the socialist system becomes automatic, it becomes communist. And in fact, what they tell us here is that that justice is when equity becomes self-reinforcing. So equality Equality as a process means providing the same amounts and types of resources across populations. That doesn't actually, that's not actually what equality means, but that's their, they have to misdefine it so they can say how unfair that is. Seeking to treat everyone the quote same ignores the historical legacy of disinvestment and deprivation through the historical policy and practice of marginalizing and minoritizing communities. It has generated unequal society that traces back prior to the foundation, the founding of our country. What equality means instead of providing the same amounts and types of resources across populations is that you don't make discriminatory judgments in how you're going to allocate resources. Okay? It doesn't mean giving everybody the same. It means exactly what they're going to try to pretend equity means. Through systematic oppression and deprivation from genocide, they got to pull the heartstrings, forced removal from land and slavery, indigenous and black people have been relegated to the lowest socioeconomic ranks of this country. There's so much bull, like, this is where they marry truth to a lie, because there's so much bullshit mixed into facts that are actually kind of real there that it's impossible to have a realistic and intelligent discussion about this. Um, I recommend to the reader or listener that they look into Thomas Sowell about stuff like that. The ongoing xenophobic treatment of undocumented brown people, you mean border jumpers? And immigrants is another example. Thus, intergenerational wealth has mainly benefited and exists for white families. Yeah, except that literally South and East Asians are outcompeting white families across the board in the United States. That's literally bullshit. But they just redefine South and East Asian people as white in order to make it come true. 
the quote equality framework as applied by the way a lot of south and east asian people are not christian some are but a lot are not lots of buddhists lots of hindus lots of atheists the quote equality framework as applied also fails individual patients and communities for example high quality and safe care for a person with a disability does not translate to quote equal care a person with low vision receiving the quote same care might receive documents that are illegible depriving them of the ability to safely consent to participate in their own treatment. Equality fails when applied to other domains, including language, health literacy, and transgender health. This is idiotic. This is literally idiotic. First of all, I've already covered this in a different podcast, so I don't want to go into it, but equity initiatives actually make sense. They're widely agreed upon in the cases of disabilities. Nobody has a freaking problem with them figuring out a way to print with a larger font, even if it costs a little bit of extra resources, so that blind, like vision-impaired people can read it. Or giving them it in an audio form. Nobody objects to this. Nobody objects to handicapped parking spaces. Nobody objects to any of this. This is... But because you know the disability is real. You know that all it is is a, is a challenge that prevents equal access to things that can be pretty easily fixed by taking a few steps, which are worth the little bit of extra cost, as opposed to systemic injustices that are out in the nether that are like made up and sound like grifter speak and like race baiting. It's a completely different thing. So this is utter horseshit where they use a place where equity, if you will, makes sense because the actual difference is visible and material and physically real and not that complicated versus one that's contrived like systemic racism or transphobia. I think that you need to recognize, or these people should recognize, that our medical system is literally bending over backwards in terms of what they call transgender health to the point where it's maiming hundreds of thousands of kids, giving them absolute malpractice instead of health care. But no, it's not doing enough. It's not doing good enough. And when it hurts them and it harms them, it will have been that it wasn't being done right because of a deep-seated transphobia that was located in the doctors or something like that, or homophobia where they were transing the gay away. And there was really a massive problem with homophobia, so we need more of like implicit bias training or some horseshit. They're never wrong. And it's always a justification to externalize blame and advance their own agenda further when they mess up. They say the resulting differences and outcomes among historically marginalized and minoritized populations have been explained away through the myth of meritocracy. Meritocracy is not a myth. You have a great deal. This is a very equal society. If you work hard, you apply your talents, you actually can get somewhere. It is a narrative that attributes success or failure to individual abilities and merits. Damn right it does. It does not address the centuries of unequal treatment. Well, stop crying about them. And you have not been alive for centuries. And I know people who've like lost their legs that are thriving because they figured out how to make a life out of it that's completely new and different. You don't see their thing holding them back. We celebrate stuff like that. Well, not the woke. The woke are pissed because that person's not a woke activist fighting on behalf of some poor me, pity party, radicalized project to transform society for uh, grifters. But anyway, it does not address the centuries of unequal treatment that have intentionally robbed entire communities of the vital resources needed to thrive. Yeah, guess what? Shit was unfair. Everybody has the freaking ability to step up. We, we can just need to start talking about that bluntly. This is just 
we've got to be done with this like namby pamby crap that they've they've they, that they use to mystify people into thinking that what they're offering is some kind of a solution to that that situation if that situation even demands a solution at all the solution if there demands a solution is called the equal protection clause it's in the 14th amendment which was ratified in like 1865 or 6 or something like that i forgot 1865 we've had it for a while civil rights law backed it up equity now here's the difference between equity and equality this is where i get so mad that i had to quit where equality is a blunt instrument of, quote, sameness, equity is a precise scalpel. See, remember when I told you that the thing with Gnosticism is the thing you do is pretty good, but we have the more advanced version? There's equality to equity. They have the secret sauce that makes it better. See, equality is a blunt instrument of sameness, but equity is a precise scalpel that requires a deep understanding. Only they can wield it because they're the cult gurus of complex dynamics and systems with skill and practice and application. In other words, we have to have all the power because we're the only people who understand the shit we made up. And it's a much better thing than the blunt instrument that you have because we have way better, way more advanced understanding. You have an okay understanding equality. Yeah, that's a low level understanding, but equity is a high level understanding. And only we have it because you have to have a deep understanding of complex systems and dynamics that you don't have. And you have to do that with skill and practice and application. See that? That's their game. This is a cult. They are the gurus. And they are saying that only they possess the secret knowledge that's an advancement of the low-level knowledge that you have. The World Health Organization, they say, defines health equity as, quote, the absence of unfair and avoidable or remediable differences in health among social groups. Social groups don't have health, World Health Organization communist outfit. Social groups don't have health. Individuals have health. Social groups are averages of individuals. That's not a thing. They don't have health. It calls for just opportunities, conditions, resources, and power for all people, redistribution, to be as healthy as possible. This requires the elimination of obstacles to health, such as poverty, discrimination, and their consequences, so communism, including perceived and real powerlessness and lack of access to good jobs with equitable pay, good quality education and housing, safe neighborhoods, and high quality and safe health care that is easily accessed. In other words, you can't have health equity till you completely redesign society to be a perfectly equal outcome place. Communism. Health inequities are, quote, unjust, avoidable, unnecessary, and unfair gaps that are neither natural nor inevitable. Rather, they say, they are produced and sustained by deeply entrenched systems, of course, that only the Gnostics understand, that intentionally and unintentionally silence, cause stress, and prevent people from reaching their full potential. You know how, like, you feel like you can't speak up about this being bullshit? Because there's systems that are deeply entrenched that intentionally and unintentionally silence, cause stress, and prevent people from reaching their full potential. The Iron Law of Oak Projection never misses. They are imposing an incarcerating society over everybody that disagrees with them. That's how they work. This is a narcissistic cult. It's communism. Inequities, they say, cannot be understood or adequately addressed if we focus only on individuals, their behavior, or their biology. 
well, maybe inequities aren't supposed to be understood and adequately addressed. Maybe we're just supposed to treat people as individuals in the first place. We don't need to undergo a values shift here. We don't even have to accept the logic that equal outcomes, aka equity, or actually that's not right. The administration of the redistribution of shares to create equal outcomes, we don't have to accept the logic that that's good. We don't have to accept that logic at all. We don't have to hold equity as a value. It's socialism. It's not a value. It's an anti-value. It's a destructive ideology. Equity, they tell us, can be understood as both a process and an outcome. That's great. It involves sharing power with people to co-design interventions and investing in redistributing resources. See, I told you it's exactly, I'm vindicated all over the place. In investing in redistributing resources to the greatest need defined by systemic power considerations on historically marginalized and minoritized groups, right? In fact, yes, because they say with explicit consideration for how racism, gender, and class oppression, ableism, xenophobia, and English language supremacy impact outcomes. So that's equity. It's socialism. Justice. They start with a quote. I've given this quote so many times as to make exactly this point that I'm so happy to see it here. It's from Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, U.S. Supreme Court Justice and Gender Equality and Civil Rights Advocate. Quote, people ask me sometimes, when do you think it will be enough? When will there be enough women on the court? And my answer is when there are nine. In other words, she doesn't want there to be... <laughs> Justice Ginsburg's definition of equality for the Supreme Court was not when there's no influence whatsoever on the sex of the person up for the job, which is actual equality. It's when there are nine women. In other words, when there's a redistribution of shares to create a particular quoted outcome. She was not a good person. But what is justice? Justice describes a state where the dismantling of structural and systemic inequities and the laws and policies that sustain them is not only achieved, but new structures and systems are instituted that deliberately reinforce their elimination. That is, justice is when equity becomes automatic and self-reinforcing, just like communism was when socialism becomes automatic and self-reinforcing. Justice and equity are interconnected, but justice maintains equity through preventative measures that are rooted in a core understanding of how social injustice functions, foundationally protecting the historically marginalized and minoritized people. Not all people, just those people. But remember, it's supposed to be against discriminating. It doesn't favor certain people. It doesn't do prioritize certain people. Bullshit. It does, well, that was it, it does value certain people, foundationally protecting historically marginalized and minoritized people more, because their logic of systemic power is that everybody intrinsically values them less, so they have to level the playing field for all people. Which means they have to lower the people that are doing good and raise the people that are doing bad. In other words, they have to discriminate. So in absolute terms, they actually do have to value certain people less and value other people more and implement that through discrimination, which is why you cannot have a fair and equitable system. They say it is an achievable goal. No, it's not. That's projection into their utopia. Justice will never arrive. It will never be good enough. 
It is an achievable goal that requires a sustained focus, investment, and energy of people in positions of power being accountable to communities they serve. In other words, to the radicalized members of those communities that speak for them, in other words, the communists with the critical consciousness. It, they tell us, necessitates a redesign of our structures. Yeah, of course it does. Policies and practices to deliver the high quality and safest possible conditions that allow for everyone to reach their highest potential and prevent one's identity from determining their course of life. They can't even hide the fact that they actually believe that because of identity politics, everyone can't reach their highest potential without communist intervention. So, I rest my case. I was right all along. People said I was crazy. Turns out I wasn't. I'm not going to continue reading all of their definitions, but it really gets intense. Race is a social, not biologic construct. They have a whole bunch about this. Um, they define racism. I'll read a little bit of this, but then they define like a bajillion different kinds of racism. Uh, racism, as defined by Kamara Jones, MD, MPH, PhD, is, quote, a system of structuring opportunity which assigns value based on race, disadvantaging people of color while offering advantages to whites, hindering the realization of the full potential of the whole society through the waste of human resources. In order to center this definition, we must acknowledge the, the different levels under which racism exists and prevails in our society, structural, institutional, interpersonal, and internalized. We must also recognize, as noted by Lance Gravely, Ph.D., that racism is interwoven and consists of linked and mutually reinforcing systems that uphold each other, healthcare, housing, immigration, education, etc. So it's not just that we're going to have to change healthcare, we're going to have to change all of society. But their definition of racism is systemic. It's already <clears throat> it's already communist, based on race disadvantaging people of color while offering advantages to whites. That is their definition of racism. So, their definition of racism is racist. They then define racism, structural racism, institutional racism, interpersonal racism, internalized racism, prejudice, bias, intersectionality, and on. And on it goes. They have an entire section here next on social and structural drivers of health and moving upstream. You know exactly what this is going to be. The so structural determinant of health equity ad address the broader issues of the climate, societal norms, macroeconomic, social health policies, and systems of power that shape social hierarchy and gradients. In other words, health equity or medical lysenkoism in its better terminology is actually going to be something that has to reorganize all of society. Um, they have lots of little diagrams with triangles, racial and ethnic injustice, tie into gender, sexuality, injustice, tie into class injustice, in case you wondered if it was communist, lots of little pictures. I'm going to try to skip all this, but there's downstream and upstream. There's a stupid parable about the upstream parable. I'm just, you can read this stupid stuff for yourself. The cliff analogy, it's all so bad. It's that anybody fell for this who's an actual professional who went to not just grad, not just uh, uh, college, but went to professional school and graduate school is really embarrassing. They talk about structural violence. Not going to read that. Then they say, what does it mean for the AMA to center and embed equity? And it says that embedding racial justice and equity at the core of our AMA strategy means that we value all people equally. False. You just said otherwise, and create and sustain an optimal culture that supports effective action and ensures significant impact. 
So that means that they're going to implement that. That's really vague. But they said we will accomplish this by consistently using lenses. So they haven't told you what it is or what they're going to do yet. They just say that they're going to implement their program in a very vague way because in vagueness, they can do whatever they want. And then they will accomplish this by using lenses of racial, gender, LGBTQ+, disability, class, and social injustices, naming and disrupting dominant or malignant narratives that obscure the fundamental causes of health inequities, elevating the voices and ideas of the most proximal to experiencing injustice, ensuring systems meet patients' individual-level medical and social needs, advocating for elimination of the social, structural, and political drivers of health inequities and the systems of power and oppression that sustain them and continually pushing our own perceived boundaries to reimagine a just and liberated future. Now, that's the same liberation that we're having with the liberation of Palestine, in case you wondered why those things are so similar to one another. But the fact of the matter is that what they've said is we're going to implement our own communist ideology at the heart of the American Medical Association. So then they go on and say, at the AMA, values and concepts of equity and justice are intended to be meaningfully integrated throughout the enterprises, strategies, practices, programming, policies, and culture. So it's going to get embedded into everything where it's virtually impossible to take out. Equity via explicit goals and performance metrics is to be visible not just happening, but visible across all domains of management, membership, innovation, advocacy, workforce, contracting, and administrative functions. Thereby, equity as an accelerator will be used to surface and bring together cross-cutting opportunities within and outside of the AMA and to more quickly and effectively drive our work that supports medicine toward a more equitable future, removes obstacles that interfere with patient care, except for the equity ones, of course, and confronts the nation's greatest public health crises. Now, um, I want to remind you that they said with the football analogy earlier that their goal is to drive as fast and hard and deep as they possibly can right now because they have a limited amount of time because the pendulum is going to swing back on them. So that's what they're going to try to implement. They're going to try to weave this crap into everything so that the, like I said, it's a metastatic cancer, so that the entire body of the American Medical Association and everything connected to it is so eaten up with this cancer that it can't get it out when they finally get called to account and lose power. The next thing is the Equity Innovation Advocacy AMA-wide accelerators diagram, which is, surprise, a circle that it's a snake eating its own tail. Innovation leads to equity, leads to advocacy, leads to innovation, leads to equity, leads to advocacy over and over and over and over again in a circle. Chronic disease leads to professional development, leads to removing obstacles. It's literally a site, it's the same circular logic. It's always is uh, equity leads to advocacy, advocacy leads to innovation, and that leads to more equity. And then you go around again and you get to more equity and you go around again and you get to more equity. That's why I said that the entire program, when they do this data-driven stuff they talked about, is going to be designed to create a revolving a circle that, that of self-justification to keep implementing more of itself. They've drawn a diagram saying that's actually their goal. Now they do the historical stuff, AMA and equity, a historical record. So this is a critical historiography. It is many pages long. It starts on page 25 and goes many pages where they, and the AMA efforts to advance equity on starting on 29. It continues giving an entire timeline of the history uh, down to page 32. So for, what does that work out to? Seven, eight pages. They go through eight pages, I guess detailing how the American Medical Association and the history of medicine are rife with injustices that they are 
meant to fix through their, this is a standard communist trick, a historical analysis of the conditions, blah, 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 which means a Marxist framing of the history to justify why they should have power in the present. Because the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination in order to achieve equity. That's literally their program. Section two, organizational change work to move us forward, establishing the Center for Health Equity. I'm not going to go into the details of this, but the first thing they mention is we've got to build an entire grift center for us to work in. To ensure our work is consistent with equitable practices, I want to make sure I'm not leaving anything out here, sorry, uh, because I'm skipping some. To ensure our work is consistent with equitable practices, the AMA Center for Health Equity has adopted the following values and guiding principles. One, inclusion and power sharing. What a surprise. We honor the participation, leadership, and expertise arising from many sources, life experiences, and identities to identify health challenges and develop lasting solutions. Accountability. We recognize that our past, present, and future actions have implications, and we are committed to making meaningful amends that support transparency and responsiveness when we cause harm. Remember, harm is caused only by systemic power dynamics and not any other way. So read that more carefully when you read that. Openness and authenticity. We believe that when we share and communicate our struggles and challenge dominant and malignant narratives, we can proceed to accept our truths and collectively heal. In other words, open your mind until your brain falls out and communism can fill in the blank spot inside your skull. That's what they're saying there. Social justice and reciprocity. We prioritize equity and believe our futures are bound to the well-being of each other and the land, just like Marx said. We believe there is joy and abundance in this work and seek to recognize all contributions. Of course, not the ones that disagree with them. And finally, evidence-informed and community-driven. We are rooted in the wisdom and expertise of communities and the shared learnings demonstrated through available evidence, knowledge, and stories. So remember, the only communities that are really communities are the communities that have critical consciousness about their status as communities. So they're open to hearing more Marxists. Theories, levers, and logic for change. They say our efforts must be motivated by this key question. How do we ensure our efforts and innovations do not exclude, discriminate, exacerbate inequities, or deny care, or cause harm? Of course, they define all these things in terms of the systemic power dynamics because they've already indicated that they're going to do all of those things in order to achieve equity. They say our answers must be rooted in confronting the unequal distribution of power. See, in dismantling the systems of power, advantage, and oppression that uphold these unjust imbalances. You literally name that white people are the beneficiaries of those, so we cannot expect that you're going to treat them well. Furthermore, we must recognize the values and myths that undermine advancing and achieving equity and, injust- and justice. To advance equity and justice, we posit the following theories of change must be embedded in all of our work. So this is the American Medical Association saying this must be everything. Number one, right the injustices of our past, in other words, reparations. The AMA recognizes the need to examine, publicly challenge, and reckon with our past and present institutional values and actions that produce inequity and harm. We must own our failures as we reckon with our past. Truth, reconciliation, healing, and transformation all require organizations to abolish the harmful values and actions that led to our social system-wide failures. So in other words, reparations, especially in terms of who gets to have power. Install uh, Marxists in terms of power. Two, counter-malignant dominant narratives pervasive in health. 
dominant individual and collective narratives shape our consciousness, meaning and explanation of events. Their effect is to obscure drivers of true power and sites of responsibility. It's a huge freaking conspiracy theory, but that's exactly what they do. They want to obscure the fact that they're abusing power and avoid responsibility for when they create disasters. There can be many narratives, they say, but some are more malignant and more glorified than others because some voices and not others have historically been centered, that is, more valued within these narratives. So that's how they can say we're gonna, they're not going to value some people more than others because they think that some people are valued more than others, so they're just going to undo that by valuing other people more and valuing the people that are valued more right now less. See, it's a redistribution story. Um, <clears throat> this part's important, so I'll, I'll read through this whole thing even though it's long. These malignant narratives are value targets that undermine anti-racism action and progress toward health equity. According to Camara Jones, or Camara Jones, I don't know how to say his name, her name, MD, MPH, PhD, the more letters after the name, the more likely this person's a fool. These include the following, a narrow focus on individuals, it turns out that's who doctors actually treat as individuals, a historical perspective, that means taking up Marxist analysis, okay, the myth of meritocracy, uh-oh, this is medicine. I want a competent doctor. The myth of a zero-sum game. That's what you guys believe in. A limited future orientation. In other words, utopianism. The myth of American exceptionalism. Boo America. And white supremacy. Of course. These value targets contribute to ongoing denial of racism and thereby uphold the systems of oppression. Remember, this is an American Medical Association document. Briefly, we describe two value targets and illustrate how they upheld and reinforce inequities. The commonly held narrative of meritocracy. Remember, this is an American Medical Association document. They're going to get rid of meritocracy. They're going after meritocracy in doctors. The commonly held narrative of meritocracy is the idea that people are successful purely because of their individual efforts. So a little bit of a straw man there. Reflected in sayings such as, quote, pull themselves up by their bootstraps or, quote, people just need to make better choices, end quote. See, it's nobody's fault in, in woke theory. The narrative is powerful and harmful because it connects to these values. Remember, these people believe that they're giving people agency by taking those things off the table. The narrative is powerful and harmful because it connects to these values which are important and legitimate, but it also ignores the inequitably distributed social, structural, and political resources that influence health and limit individual level control or effort. Social, structural, and political are all taken under Marxist analysis. So they wanted to say dismantle meritocracy as a myth, and what did they first talk about? Medical education has been based on such flawed meritocratic ideals, and it will take intentional focus and effort to recognize, review, and revise this deeply flawed interpretation, which ignores or purposefully obscures the underlying root causes, uh, causes of causes of health and of other metrics of success that are socio-structural in nature and often rely on discredited and racist ideas about biological differences between racial groups. Holding fast to dominant narratives keeps one from seeing other significant elements that contribute to success and wellness, such as material resource or opportunistic advantage or support one may have received from others that lend directly to the conditions of one's life and lifestyle. Also, the social conditions under which one has lived. They catapult one into achievement or, conversely, the conditions that have inhibited one's flourishing. So, they want to get rid of meritocracy in medical education, and the reason is because that's not fair, 
right? Because some people have disadvantaged backgrounds, so we're going to have to obviously have equity for that. So what you're going to end up with is highly qualified candidates being kept out, unqualified candidates or less qualified candidates being let in, uh, just like we see across the board from elite universities already, and diminished quality of education that dedicates time to this activist bullshit and brainwashes students as opposed to teaching them actual medicine. So what you're going to see is a dramatic loss in talent and and uh, dramatic loss in institutional knowledge. I would get accused of saying a racism here. I didn't say anything about any of the races of who's being allowed in or not. I'm saying that these idiots are going to use some stupid structure that literally claims that somebody's race matters in determining whether or not they have a place in medical school because of historical injustices. So what you're going to do is favor certain racial groups, you're going to value those people more than others, to let them in despite not having the talent or the merits needed to succeed or become good doctors. And meanwhile, you're going to waste their time or brainwash them into becoming woke activists to go off into medicine to abuse that authority and power and hurt people. Why does this matter? Because the narratives shape consciousness. They give you a false consciousness or a critical consciousness. Individual and collective in scope, meaning and explanations of events. They divide populations who possess common concerns, enforce social compliance with ideals and its respective power structure, and ensures that opposing visions of society's future do not become reality. What are opposing visions of society's future? Oh, communist, communist visions of it. So if we were to use meritocracy, they say the narratives that support things like that would repel opposing visions of society's future, a.k.a. remember they said that they don't use euphemisms? That's a fucking euphemism for communism. Communism does not become reality. So meritocracy stops communism. They've actually admitted that here, if you know how to read it. So that's why we've got to get rid of meritocracy. They say there are po powerful narratives about race that exist within American society, particularly as represented in being, quote, colorblind in ways that render invisible the ongoing burden of structural racism across a wide range of policies and systems, including within healthcare. Could you be more paternalistic? Yet as Kamara Jones, MD, MPH, PhD, reminds us, racism advantages groups provided with unfair slash unjusted privileges through structuring opportunity and assigning value based on socially defined categories of race. We have the most robust and in fact over-applied civil rights law in like the universe, and they still say this. A critical component, they say, of doing health equity work at the institutional level involves naming, disrupting, dismantling, and reimagining our collective narratives that hinder the nation's ability to fully reach optimal health for all. Now, I've talked to so many people who never thought this way whatsoever about groups of people who are now pretty much racist as hell because they think this way about diversity hires. Because there's a lot of awful, awful lot of demonstrable incompetence and entitlement and acting like a toddler that's been associated because of this woke grift, because of not treating people as equals and trying to favor certain people over others for correcting historical marginalization and minoritization that's caused the problem that they, in the next turn of the screw, will point to to say, that's what we need more of. Three, center and integrate the voices and ideas of the most historically marginalized. Guess what? That means that they're going to implement 
they're going to put in activists who have critical consciousness. In fact, that's what they say. They're going to, we are building on our work by explicitly and systematically valuing and centering marginalized voices and ideas to ensure we promote and honor the inherent power, autonomy, storytelling, community narratives, and, of leader, and leadership of those most affected by health and justice. That requires that we seek out, value, and engage the expertise and knowledge and uphold their values in any given initiative, policy, and advocacy effort, centering them as thought leaders in the movement toward health, equity, and injustice. Now, here's the magic words here, because if you don't know how to read this stuff, you don't know what you're reading. Here's the magic words. Explicitly and systematically valuing and centering, and here they are. Marginalized voices and ideas. Which ideas are marginalized according to them? The ones that have an opposing vision of the future. Communist ideas. Critical consciousness ideas. That's who they're actually talking about. So they're going to center the people who have critical consciousness as thought leaders in the movement toward health, equity, and justice. Who else could possibly do it? Everybody else would be against it because they believe in things like meritocracy, which repels communism, as they said. So they say we must adopt collaborative and participatory approaches and ensure that we use the theories like intersectionality and critical race theory, the tools and approaches that allow us to consistently identify, elevate, and work with marginalized groups in any spaces. Therefore, it is medical Lysenkoism. Lysenko was a communist. This is the same thing in a new context. Lysenko forced it into biology or in agriculture. They're forcing it into medicine. This is medical Lysenkoism. Four, adopt anti-racist and intersectional race and approaches. So we could go through all of this, but you know what that means. They're going to bring in even more anti-racism. Now, anti-racism is the name for the secret, hidden, saving knowledge, the gnosis of the Gnostic cult of uh, CRT. Then, so what they're going to say is that we're going to put Gnostic hidden knowledge in charge of the American Medical Association and what it does. We could go through the details, but you get the idea. Five, embrace public health frameworks of health and act upstream. In other words, hand more power to the public health officials who are literally uh, a bunch of tyrants. That's just an excuse for tyranny. Public safety is almost always the excuse for tyranny. We just lived through COVID. You can't trick us on this. Six, implement an inside-outside strategy to organizational transformation. Remember that whole top-down, bottom-up, inside-out? There's your inside-outside part of the strategy. That's cultural revolution. In other words, they're going to infiltrate and they're going to do, it says trauma-informed responses, resources, resilience, and healing, all the fun buzzwords to more effectively achieve our transformational goals. That's what this is about. But what this is, is about doing a counter-hegemonic cultural revolution within medicine pushed through the American Medical Association. Guess what they show next? Trauma-informed healing and supports diagram. Visualize, normalize, operationalize, transformational model. Guess what it is? It's a fucking circle that goes in, like with arrows that go in a circle. It's a snake eating its own tail. Organize, operationalize, normalize. Organize, operationalize, normalize. In the center, because it's literally Hegel, is visualize. Because his was a speculative idealism. So you have an ideal thing that you're visualizing. And in fact, what you're doing is a negative idealism. You're going to visualize the absence of, of problematics and harms and traumas and all of these terrible things, systemic power. You're going to visualize a utopia without that. And that becomes a reflecting point, the mirror, the specular, the speculum. That's the speculative philosophy part. And then you go through this process. You organize, 
and then you operationalize, and then you normalize. And when you have some normalization, you take the next step to organize again, operationalize again, normalize again, constantly reflecting off of visualize, which says alignment on a vision and strategic imperative to center equity, uphold the core values that will guide the work. That's what their core, like that's the centerpiece of literally the, in the center of the diagram. Organize, Internal infrastructure and partner with others, operationalize, use health equity tools, use data and metrics to drive normalization. Normalize is build shared analysis and operate with urgency. And after you normalize the next the, the new step, you organize, operationalize, and normalize something else. Explicit to this work, they say, is educating, empowering, and mobilizing our AMA membership in advancing equity and justice. In other words, we've got to brainwash every member of the American Medical Association, which is why if you're a member of the American Medical Association, now's the time to quit and tell them why you quit. Do you hear me? I didn't stutter. I don't care what benefits it gives you. They're all corrupt. Now is the time to quit and tell them why you quit. If they correct themselves, you can go back. You can give it as an ultimatum. If they don't correct themselves, you are saving yourself by getting as far away from this as you can. It is corrupt. You stay in this for whatever benefits it seems to offer you. You are corrupt. You don't deserve to be a doctor. Get out of the American Medical Association now. It says, understanding that the AMA has, been a has long been a powerful voice and leader across the broad fields of medicine, this recognizes a potential that the AMA's own commitment to equity and justice must work to influence and transform medicine at the sector level. They have a graphic about this with medicine, membership management, advanced health equity. Everything points to uh, advanced health equity. That's the overall operative goal. They talk about levers. For change in the next section, I'm not going to detail this or read a lot of it. Relationships, partners, partnerships and networks, data use, research and publications, policy and advocacy, education, training and tools, programs and products, communication and marketing. These are their levers for change, all to point toward uh, health equity. They have a logic for change, which is in the, uh, the long term to improve health outcome and close the gaps so that the AMA becomes an anti-racist, diverse, multicultural organization. That's their five-year plan. It's literally a five-year plan, by the way. Um, the three-year short-term plan is experience equitable change in organizational culture programs and research education pol evaluation policies then uh, contribute to the understanding and, and advance of the field of health equity. Not a field, it's a it's a parascientific field. It's fake. Address structural and social drivers of health and health inequities. And finally, confront the root causes of health inequities. In other words, we're going to retool the AMA completely within three years <clears throat> to become a communist outfit that culminates in the AMA being an anti-racist, diverse, multicultural organization. In other words, one that's completely in line with these particular Gnostic cults. Uh, communist Gnostic cults. Um, five strategic approaches to advance equity and justice. I'm just going to hit the highlights again. Um, embed one, embed racial and social justice throughout the AMA enterprise, culture, systems, policies, and practice. The quote they give from Alice Walker, internationally renowned author, poet, and activist is, we will really be misled. If we think we can change society without changing ourselves, see, so it's about a it's about a ritual rebirth, a Gnostic rebirth. Um, 
So you change yourself so that you can change society. In other words, you have to join their cult religion to embed racial and social justice throughout the AMA enterprise, culture, systems, policies, and practices. They have another stupid diagram. Uh, in order to do this, they commit to, one, build the AMA's capacity to understand and operationalize anti-racism and equity strategies via training and tool development. So more brainwashing. Two, ensure equitable structures and processes and accountability with prioritization on the AMA's workforce, contract sourcing, and communications. In other words, create leverage over the people, money, uh, sourcing, materials, communications in order to make it all about the cult. Three, integrate trauma-informed lenses and approaches. Four, assess organizational change, culture, policy, processes over time. Two, build alliances and share power with historically marginalized, minoritized physicians and other stakeholders. The quote is from Lilla Watson, an Aboriginal rights group. If you have come here to help me, you are wasting your time. But if you have come here because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together. They say advancing health equity requires sharing power through effective partnerships and alliances with who? With those who have experienced marginalization, exploitation, expropriation, and injustices across generations. In other words, they have to onboard people with Marxist critical consciousness. To build alliances and share power, we commit to develop structures and processes to consistently center the experiences and ideas of historically marginalized women, LGBTQ+, people with disabilities, international medical graduates, and minoritized Black, Indigenous, Latinx, and Asian physicians. Establish a national collaborative of multidisciplinary, multi-sectoral equity experts in healthcare. That's, that's, in other words, a bureaucracy filled with communists. And public health to collectively advocate for justice in health. Three, push upstream to address all determinants of health and the root causes of health inequities. From Desmond Tutu, they quote, there comes a point where we need to just stop pulling people out of the river. We need to go upstream and find out why they're falling in. In other words, they have to reorganize all of society to produce health equity. In other words, we need communism. Um, it says the upstream movement seeks to effectively integrate clinical and social care as well as medicine and public health. The movement recognizes the moral and business imperative for physicians and trainees to be educated beyond the traditional basic and clinical sciences of medicine, so there's wasting your educational time, and to be inclusive of public health, structural competency, that's woke Marxist nonsense, anti-racism, that's literally joining the CRT cult, and the social sciences. Of course, because that's this is social Gnosticism, which has set up a seminary of sociological Gnosticism in the uh, social sciences and humanities. To push upstream, they say, we, but this that's just going to waste doctors' time and medical trainees. They get less good education. They've got to go learn to be fucking social justice activists. Such horseshit. Like, just practice medicine and get good at it. Like, lives are on the line here, guys. This is horseshit. You've got to get out of the AMA until this stops. If you're in the AMA, you have to get out of the AMA until this stops. To push upstream, they say, we commit to strengthen physicians' understanding of public health and structural social drivers of health and inequities. No. Expand medical school and physician education to include equity, anti-racism, structural competency, public health, and social sciences, critical race theory, and historical basis of disease. So does that mean you're going to add a couple extra years to medical school, or does that mean you're just going to water down the existing education because there's not really a lot of room in, this, in the schedule? 
You got to empower physicians and health systems to dismantle structural racism and intersecting systems of oppression. Equip physicians and health systems to improve science, services, technology, partnerships, and payment models that advance public health and health equity. Four, ensure equitable structures and opportunities in innovation. That was the grift thing. I'm not going to go over it again. Um, I'm not going to go even go over the details. Five, foster truth, racial healing, reconciliation, and transformation for the AMA's past. Remember, transformation means Marxism. But truth and reconciliation in medicine. Uh, and then I'm not going to go through the whole details of all of this, lots of healing, blah, 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 but it's going to require acknowledgement, redressing, and closure. Acknowledgement involves recognition and admission of the wrong by the perpetrators or beneficiaries of the injustice. Redressing is a direct solution to monitor and end health inequities and restitution for past and present injustices, see as reparations, and closure. The institution and the people and communities harmed agree that the institutional debt is paid, never going to happen with the grifters, leaving a new and equitable structure and system in place, so you got to transform the system that no longer causes trauma or harms. Remember, trauma and harms are only caused by systemic power. They are not caused by bumbling doctors. The iatrogenic uh, injuries and deaths are going to be astonishing. They say restorative justice is another framework. We, it's working real well in schools. It's a valuable approach in healthcare as it provides, or sorry, prioritizes the personal connection and humanistic values. Marx called his own philosophy humanism that attracted most physicians to the field. It embraces community power, communism, and active accountability, in other words, to the communism and preserves the safety and dignity of all. In other words, communism. Also, a collaborative decision-making frame, restorative justice includes A, acceptance and acknowledgement of responsibility for harmful behavior, I would add, as, ex as assessed through systemic power dynamics, only B, repairing of the harm caused to individuals in the community, again, same caveat, and C, rebuilding of trust by showing understanding of the harm, addressing personal issues, and uh, building positive social connections. In other words, integrating into the cult on the cult's terms with lots of shame and struggle sessions along the way. To acknowledge our past and ensure healing, they say we commit to amplifying and integrating often invisibilized narratives of historically marginalized physicians and patients and all that we do, quantifying the impact of the AMA's policy and process decisions that excluded, discriminated, and harmed, including launching a multi-year restorative justice initiative to further enhance the AMA's transformation efforts, and finally repair and cultivate a healing journey for those who have been harmed. In other words, kiss the activists' ass. And then the rest of the document is how they're going to set up a measurement of accountability and specific action steps in a big table. I'm not going to cover that. Like I said, I'm going to link to this thing, and you can go read it for yourself. So the long and short, now that we're into two hours, which is a medium-sized podcast for me, I guess, of this is that the American Medical Association, which is a flagship uh, professional organization for medical professionals in the, in, the, in the United States and maybe beyond, um, is going all in on woke, or maybe at least this department of it is, that they've published this and that this is medical lysenkoism under the brand name Health Equity. Uh, it is explicitly designed to do massive amounts of entryism into medical education and medical professions uh, or medical adjacent professions. Um, those will be hard to fix. 
Its goal in its own words is to push as far and as fast as possible with a sense of urgency while they have the window to transform as much as they can in alignment with their ideology. And the final statement is, I guess, two things. One is that this is medical Lysenkoism. Lysenko was, Trofim Lysenko was the Soviet agriculturalist whose Soviet agriculture didn't work, led to the deaths of tens of millions of people in Soviet Union, was picked up by Mao Zedong despite this astonishing failure to the deaths of tens of millions more. Maybe a hundred million people died as a direct result of agricultural Lysenkoism, or just known as Lysenkoism. Here it's being applied in medicine through woke doctrine, which is a communist doctrine for equity. The deal will be that do no harm gets reinterpreted because harm can only be done or is primarily done through systemic injustice as assessed through the Marxist theories like critical race theory and all the rest. And so do no harm will become redistribute harm in order to reduce the number of disparities and harm that occur while watering down education in medicine, adding distracting aspects to professional development, continuing education, practice, blah, blah, blah. And the ultimate result, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, will be millions, tens of millions maybe, or possibly even as many as billions of iatrogenic injuries and deaths as a result of the poisoning of medicine by woke doctrine. This is completely unacceptable. This is a horrifying situation. And so the second big point is that no medical professional whatsoever with a conscience with eyes at least even partly open, should participate in the American Medical Association whatsoever until this is fully not only removed, not only taken down, but denounced and apologized for. The entire department is obliterated. All such documentation and language is removed. And you should, if you are a member, you should quit. You should definitely not be paying dues. And you should explain exactly why you're leaving in these terms that until the entire health equity, blah, 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 social justice initiatives are completely removed from medicine that you have absolutely no capacity to support the organization or anything that it does, and that any benefits that it confers to you are so corrupt that you're not willing to accept them, that you'd be better off without them, and you should all do it as fast as possible because this road leads to massive institutional knowledge collapse and deliberate doing of harm to create equities, failures of medicine like we haven't seen in decades, and I'm telling you, millions of deaths at a minimum. We've got to start unwinding this. The largest shot across the bow that I can think of, first of all, you just need to be aware of this. If you're not a doctor or medical professional, you don't have any influence over the AMA, you better start trying to manage and, and organize and protect your own health now because I'm pretty sure for 50 years we're not going to have as high quality medical care as we've enjoyed up to this point. It might take us at least 50 to get back from the institutional knowledge collapse. But if you are in a position to influence the AMA, if you're a member of the AMA, it's time to step away. It's time to get out and it's time to tell them, don't do it quietly. It's time to tell them exactly why. It's absolutely crucial. You think maybe they're gonna bring fire on me. Maybe they're gonna call me a racist. Maybe they're gonna call me this. Maybe they're gonna threaten my license. I'll tell you right now, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. Maintaining this corruption is something you do not want to be complicit in, you should not be complicit in, and it's time for you to take that action.